Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my freshly rested, I believe, co-host Mozzie. I would say so. I would say I am freshly rested. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. I know there's a lot of times you get, especially lately, where you've had a lot of like slammed work weeks. So I'm like, I know he's had like a little bit of time off. He's probably actually like slept on like a normal <laughs> sleep schedule. I wouldn't, it wasn't not, it, yeah, it was definitely not a normal sleep schedule, but I did sleep <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, because I know, I know your night shifts sometimes, one, ruin your sleep, and two, ruin <laughs> your schedule. It's just, you know, when you're a, a bartender or the job, you know, in the service industry where you're out until midnight to, at work, you get home, you know, 1230 or so, and then you haven't eaten yet, so then you eat. And then you're, like, still wired from the night, so you're just up usually till 3, 4 a.m., Yeah, it's not good for the body, so (laughs) it's just, uh, you know, got to just plan a little bit better. Do you have light-blocking curtains? No. Oh. Dude, That would be a great investment. Dude, I... And I have to put them up. I have, like, I have a normal sleep schedule, sort of. Like, I have a a more, like, typical, quote-unquote, sleep schedule. I don't want to say normal because, like... Yours is normal for you, but I have a more like typical sleep schedule. But um, I sleep right. in like a little more, I guess. But the uh, the light blocking curtains are a necessity. I definitely right now. should consider that because yeah. I've thought about getting the things that go over your eyes, but I hate sleeping with something on my face. Yeah, the eye mask I've kind of gotten used to, but like it doesn't work as well. If you just block the block the window, it's, it's better. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a better idea. Mm-hmm. But so. sometimes the uh, morning light is nice. The other day I slept in a sunbeam. It was great. Oh, like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Meowsy in the muscle. <laughs> so, anyway, today's episode is tight ends and running backs. Uh, mostly running backs because the tight end evaluation is pretty much uh, going to be all mozzie here. So, let's start with them, kind of get it out of the way. We obviously know Kyle Pitts is absurd. Right. Go ahead and kind of. I guess yeah, so the tight end position, not great this year, as it rarely is super great, because it's a tough position to translate to the NFL, and there's only 32 teams, and when you have your top tight end, like, that's pretty much it, so it's a tough position, and there's not a whole lot of prospects, uh, with the exception, of course, being Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. who, you know, the people throw around that that uh, that phrase that I think even we've said, maybe erroneously at times, generational talent. <laughs> um, people like to say that a lot, and you can't say it a lot, otherwise it loses its meaning. Um, but I think there are two in this class, and I think they're Trevor Lawrence, and I think they're Kyle Pitts. Um, with Lawrence being the sort of the best prospect since Andrew Luck, which was, you know, almost a decade ago. And Pitts being the best prospect since Gronk, and even better. I think he was a better prospect coming in than Gronk was. Um he is insane. He's got every catch. He runs routes like he's a wide receiver, but he is a tight end because he is, I think, 6'6", 
Um, he is amazing at the contested catches, but like the best thing is he just has that body control where he can just use his body to manipulate the uh, defense into letting him catch it, and he can catch the ball in really tight windows. He is a monster athletically, um, and I would have to say that he is basically the Calvin Johnson of tight end prospects. Mm-hmm. He is 6'6", 240, runs every route, is huge, and has amazing body control. I saw a mock draft where the Jets had, like drafted him at two if they hadn't traded Darnold, and I uh, yeah. would have liked that, to be I mean, That makes sense, honest. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he is the number one tight end prospect wherever he goes to, like we will watch with keen interest, I should say. Um, but then after that, there is a pretty steep drop-off. It's him... And then a couple other guys. I pretty much like three guys in this draft. The next guy is probably Pat Fryermuth, um, or Fryermuth, I think. I think it's Muth from uh, Notre Dame. Or not Notre Dame. Um, that's where our, my other guy is from. But anyway, everyone keeps going in mini Gronk, and that's just ridiculous. He's 6'5", he's really big, and he's white, and he can catch. But he is far more of like a lumbering human being than Gronk was. Yeah, I and heard I heard someone call him uh like Rob Slokowski. There you go. See that I like. That I like. Um because I don't love him. He is not nearly as good of a blocker as Gronk was. Gronk was like a monster. You didn't want to be on the other side of <laughs> yeah. him because he was so good at blocking. Like he tries to murder you on the field, like legally. <laughs> um and like not to say that Firemuth doesn't block, he like he does block well, but he doesn't have that sort of overpowering like manlitude going on. Um, so I think he can definitely like grow into being a weapon because uh, he is so big that even though he's not great at getting separation, if he gets his body control right, it's gonna be really hard to even need separation. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, he's not like next level speed. I think he runs a four seven. He has good hands and he has decent routes. Like, I would say pretty good routes, but, you know, not great at the blocking or the separation, so he drops pretty far below, which I didn't mention with Pitts, but he does block very well. Yeah, uh, like, that's that's the big thing with him. Yeah, he also can block, which right. a lot of times the tight ends, you get one or the other or, like, just in a kind of even mix. But, like, you, you, you rarely get receivers as good as Pitts who can also block, like, pretty well. Exactly. And Pitts is still not the best blocker in the draft, but he is excellent at doing it and won't really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next guy I'm going to mention that I actually have ranked two, but not a lot of other people do, and that's uh, the guy with one of the best names in this draft. That's Tommy Tremble. Oh, man. Sounds like he's right out of a Hardy Boys book. Right? Tommy Tremble. So this Hi guy guys. had like <laughs> I'm Tommy Tremble. Oh jeez. Oh, who am I blocking today? <laughs> oh man, it's such a great day to be a tight end. He um <laughs> Yeah, he's led it like this literally a day of that Rick and Morty like in a Rick and Morty <laughs> show for a football player. Uh, I'm to- Tommy Tremble. That's that's it. Tommy Tremble. <laughs> get get my 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 football anxiety gloves they are real tight they make you call i have a tremble that's why i had these gloves oh geez um he, this dude's a monster he is the op he's gonna make the other guy tremble he <laughs> is huge 
and he is a vicious blocker. And that's why I had to put him in here, because even though he had almost no production in college as a receiver, he is good at it when he gets the chance, but he is just a monster on the like to block. And I think because he is so good at blocking, he will get drafted fairly highly and should be, to be honest. And like I think he should be one of the top three tight ends taken because he is that good at blocking and could definitely definitely find his way into an offense um but he's who i'm marking as sort of the kittle guy Uh and uh of course we all know george kittle he's a monster but he didn't have much college production he was very 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 good at blocking and got drafted well because of it but not as high as he clearly should have (laughs) been and then they worked him in and found out he was also very good with the ball in his hands but they just hadn't utilized him like that so it's also the Herbert thing. He had it in him, but it wasn't used. Um, so I think Tommy Tremble will get drafted at least, you know, second, not maybe not second, but third round, I'd say, is a tight end. And whoever gets him could potentially be getting a monster. And I'm super excited for it. I put here he's Patrick Ricard, but tight end. Uh, yeah, the way you're describing him, I was like, so you're, you're saying he's going to be a future Raven is what I'm getting. <laughs> Because everything you're saying about him, like this guy, like it, he's gonna be a Raven. That would be phenomenal. If yeah, he went to the Ravens, that would be amazing. Because they need someone like, to re- replace. Uh, I can't remember who they lost, but um, I mix up the non Boyle, names. right? Boyle, they let yeah. Boyle go. Yeah. So, I mean, they they love their tight ends. Well, one Lamar likes to throw to him, and two, they love him for blocking. So, and he would be so good in that. I also think with the Jets, he would be very good if you're mm. trying to kind of West Coast that thing up. Yeah, get a nice little Tommy Tremble. You got the George Kittle on the West and Tommy Tremble on the East Coast. There you go. Yeah, I'll have to go watch more of this guy because the way you're describing him is definitely intriguing me. Because I, like I said, I haven't done done really much tight end uh, watching yet, aside from the obvious pits and a little bit of Pat. He's like the guy who wants to get notches on his on like his belt whenever he pancakes someone, but instead of on his belt, he just puts it on his arm and (laughs) uses like a scalpel. Uses a cleat and picks up from the turf. Come on. Dude, Tommy <laughs> yeah, Trump, He's a monster. Man. What a great name. So, But yeah, those are the three guys I think are worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two guys, so there's Brevin Jordan and Hunter Long. I So I have always had a huge bias against Miami players. That's <laughs> true. Just Miami of Florida because they're not even the first real Miami school. <laughs> like, come on now. Um but I just feel like I've read too many stories about their players being complete and utter asshats. So I hold a little bit of a judgment against him, which is probably wrong, but I don't care. <laughs> anyway, um, this guy is, like, not a tight end. <laughs> this, is what's, this is what I don't like about him. He was a four-star recruit as a tight end and went to Miami to develop into a good one because they have a pension for developing tight ends, which uh-huh. is true. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham and all them. But, but, he didn't get better at the tight end things. So, like, you mm-hmm. go there to develop as a tight end, but his positional development for the tight end, it was not great. I don't think he really strikes me as a traditional tight end. He doesn't block a whole lot, and he's used as a deep threat half the time, which you don't normally do with your tight ends. Um, his route running is okay. He's just really talented. So I kind of 
am off of him. I don't like to project people to be busts, but there's only two real scenarios that can happen if you're a four-star recruit and go to a school to get really good tight end training and you don't get that. And it's either your coaching was significantly worse than it had been in previous years or the coaching was there and this guy just was not doing anything about it. And I'm not here to say which one it was, but it is a red flag, mm. as they would say. So I'd want to interview him if I was going to draft him because um, he's very talented. He has really good cuts. He's good at shedding tackles. He gets open deep. But the things that tight ends do, like blocking and really stiff route running, like, you know, not stiff but precise, not his strong suit at all. Um, so he's a really interesting prospect that might move around. He might end up being a wide receiver, and he might be a lot better at that. Hmm. Um, and then the last guy is Hunter Long, who I say normally with tight ends, you either get one or the other. He does both things very averagely. He's okay at receiving, and he's okay at blocking. But he's not very physical, which is weird because he's six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of struggles with separation. And he's so big that if he gets the body control down, it won't matter as much. But he's not physical enough to really make that work. And so this guy really needs a good tight end coach. Like, if you put him with Dan Campbell in uh, Detroit, maybe things would work out for him. But for right now, he's my number five, and that's kind of where I'm capping it. Because after him, you know, we're already at the point where I'm not sure this guy will make it. Even though, you know, I don't want to say that. But Gotcha. Yeah, I think from where I've kind of looked... Like, those top five are sort of the consensus top five. And a lot of people have Pat as number two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's Pitts for sure. If Pitts weren't here, it'd be another kind of tight end class where we're like, well, there's guys. But th- th- these tight ends, there's, there's a lot of great names. I mean, Hunter Long, we mentioned uh, off air, was pretty much a porno name. Mm-hmm. Brevin sounds like someone, like, throwing up mid-naming their child. See, Tommy Treble is if Jack Black came up with, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like a music-based app, like, video game, and Tommy Tremble is, like, the yeah, cartoonish music I feel like, like it would be, like Tommy, like, Tommy Treble, like, with no M. Right, right, yeah. Tommy Treble. He would be <laughs> the, uh, he would be, like, the antagonist. <laughs> He's, like, a musical note with a, with a clarinet in his mouth, and he's just constantly taunting you like the paperclip on Microsoft. Mm-hmm. That's Tommy Tremble. <laughs> Tommy Tremble, man. Some great <laughs> names there at the tight end position. But, um, yeah, so the, like I said, the tight end position doesn't typically get a lot of love fantasy-wise, dynasty-wise, but Kyle Pitts is definitely going to break that. And I'm really curious where he goes in the NFL draft because quarterback is one, two, three, presumptively. Four might be... And like, there's a chance Cincinnati has their kind of pick of Pitts or Chase. And, yeah. like, if, I mean, he may even fall to Miami. And I know we've kind of talked about, um, what's his name? Gusecki being a solid option. I think if you have Pitts there as an option, it's hard to pass on that, too. So, the prospect of him falling to eight and being with Darnold, Robbie, and DJ Moore is, like, amazing. And that's, what I personally want to happen the most. Who uh who picks seven? The Broncos. Lions. 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 Okay. And they like, could do it too with Dan Campbell. You know, he might could. just say, "Hey, this guy's available. We got to take him." Even though Hawkinson is really good. Yeah, to, it's it's one of those. It's one of those things like where the Cowboys had the chance to take CD. It's like, 
Well, we had other plans, but <laughs> like sometimes yeah. When I did change. my um my twenty twenty mock draft, which I've uploaded and we'll go over next week, I uh I kind of just highlighted in a different color the guys where it was like this guy should not have been here. If they had been, I would have picked them to go here, but they were available, so mm-hmm. someone messed up. <clears throat> Eagles, <laughs> dude. That video of them uh, laughing at the, uh, or the the Vikings laughing at the Eagles when they picked Rigor instead of uh, Jefferson was hilarious. Oh my god, I know. Like that draft. Vikings thing. are just like, are you kidding? They took Rigor? Oh my god, get Jefferson. Yeah, right <laughs> I get him on the board. Oh gosh, so, that was amazing. He was my number two, by the way. He was after CD. Yeah, I was looking back at our twenty twenty, and like, we both. We're pretty good, like pretty high on him. So, oh yeah, I mean, that. the way we talked about Jefferson Jefferson it was like, this dude's amazing. It was just CD Lamb looks like a fucking all star. Yeah, well, I'm excited for next year when they've got Dak back. But Dak back. For now, we'll move on to the uh, running backs. So, I want to preface this, and I think we both agree here that none of these guys are like special or. Uh, yeah. I don't know if any, maybe one of them, but I don't know if any of them should or will be first round picks. I think I think one might be, but I think one and possibly two could be, but this is you know, this would be like a B class, right? Yeah, it's pretty underwhelming, and in my opinion, there's not like a clear top guy. So like, I don't have them ranked because they're a lot different. Like a lot of them are pretty different style guys, and True. it's gonna be pretty kind of team dependent. Um, I so I imagine like Etienne. I feel like he has the best chance to be a first rounder. And I'll probably yes. end up being one of the higher backs taken in fantasy drafts just because he'll get drafted highly, got a lot yeah. of skills. He's pretty good, and I know you have him as your number one. I don't know if I'd put him one or kind of like in that <coughs> in a top tier or what, but... I think him and Michael Carter are both very different, but both should be the first running back taken depending on the team that's drafting a running back, essentially. Yeah, these, these UNC guys are pretty fun, but before we oh, get yeah. to them, I guess we can kind of break down Etienne. And that that was a rhyme. That was unintentional, but that was a piece of me, the rhyme I'm going to say. Um, well done, well done. Yeah. Claps. Yeah, it makes up for my uh, last-minute intro that I literally said on the fly. I'm like, I think this works. Um, hey, not on every intro is going to be a showstopper. So hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to, you know, show's got to go on, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so Etienne, a lot of people thought he was going to come out last year. But he stayed yes. for another year, and uh, by all accounts, move. yeah, that was it was a good choice. Um, in 2020, he showed a lot of growth as a rudder, especially inside, decision-making-wise. Um, so I think it was a good move for him to kind of separate himself from this class because, he, like I said, good pass catcher, fun, fast, all that jazz. But the improvement he showed, like, conceptually technique wise i think was really important and uh i'm gonna i think i'm gonna end up drawing a lot of ch comps in general especially here with etienne and maybe our next guy not intentionally it's just like i feel like it's sort of necessary because we saw him in the top five often number four or five and then vault to number one with landing spot Mm -hmm. and a lot of his uh the kind of cachet was the pass catching so and that's where that's become more popular. And some of these guys are very pass catching heavy. I think CH coming up is going to make sense a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think like his landing spot could just quickly vault into the top of rankings and he might already kind of just end up there regardless. 
I I think he's got better hands than CEH, but not uh -huh. the caliber of route runner. Because if you remember, my like knock on CEH was that his his hands technique wasn't good enough, or like his pass catcher wasn't good enough for like his route running and how much he was being lauded in that category. But I think Etienne like has pretty solid like hands technique, good at like attacking the ball. So. And then, yeah. like I said, I mentioned, improved as a runner, like with the vision, decision-making. Um, but that, I mean, that that's kind of the main concern for me, just because there's a chance that regresses in the NFL due like, the speed of the game, just because, like, we, I don't think it will, because, like, okay, he showed, like, a pretty consistent improvement in 2020, but mm -hmm. there's still, like, a chance that when the game gets faster, he may regress to old bad tendencies. We see that a lot with quarterbacks where, like, they break down under pressure and do some dumb shit they normally wouldn't do. So, yeah, I think that's a good analysis. I um, I do think he fits nicely into today's NFL game, uh, being yes. that he is versatile. He can catch the ball really well. Needs to hammer down some pass, you know, his route running. But you know, he played at Clemson, which was definitely a kind of ghost style offense, mm -hmm. very college friendly. So I, you know, I don't put that on him. Um, he has a lot of usage, which I know can be a concern for people evaluating running backs coming out because if they've played three years and had 200 carries every single year, that's a lot of wear and tear. Mm -hmm. And so I do think he does have some wear and tear, like red flag, but ultimately he is probably the most well-rounded back at, you know, 5'9", 5'10", 215 or so. Um, I really like his balance. I think that's one of his best attributes is he, uh, mm -hmm. him and Carter both have this, like he, he's just very, very well balanced. He runs well, like as in his form is good. I don't like when I see running backs and they're running super upright. Like you have yeah. to lower your center of gravity. He's very good at that and staying on his feet and uh, pushing for extra yards. Um, he's not like a complete ankle breaker like some of these other guys, but he, he can shift and he does it very subtly and it makes him sort of more fluid. Uh, which I like. I, you know, he's kind of got that weave in and out style. Um, I like him at twenty three to the Jets has come up. I would only want that if the Jets like didn't have the other guys that could potentially fall to that. Like, there's like three or so corners that I really like in this draft, and if there are any of them are available, I would rather have them. But it does make a little bit of sense there um, as a nice sort of uh, receiving option for. Zach Wilson I just think it's a bit high yeah I think a lot of running backs are gonna go second and third round because they're pretty good but like not, I don't, not like I don't know if any are worth a first round pick per se I think that teams now are starting to catch on to the fact that they don't need to draft a running back in the first round yeah especially if they're not like utter game changer exactly so and like yeah could he you know, could a CEH thing happen where somebody jumps up and grabs him with the 32 spot because Tampa doesn't need anything? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Tr trade down, like, a little bit. And yeah. Tampa could also picks. take him. <laughs> and that's true, too. Um, but, yeah. We like ETN. Definitely worth, uh, I think, one of the first guys to mention out of the class. But, again, this is sort of a B, a B, yeah, a B tier running back class. Yeah. Um, but I guess one thing I will mention is in terms of the class as a whole is that uh, while it's not an amazing class, I think there's some decent depth. I think as you you can get yeah. a lot of these guys in the third and fourth round and get really good value out of them. So 
It has a little depth. It's an interesting class. Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely going to be some guys we don't mention that like are worth mentioning. We're being drafted, of course. We're just kind of giving some of our top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, with Etienne, uh, I also, like, with a lot of these guys, I feel like it's worth mentioning pass blocking just because that is important enough nowadays where, one, there's a lot of third down backs, and two, you know, if you want to stay on the field enough, you either, well, one, you either go to, like, an Andrew Reed system where he figures out how to just not have you pass block, or two, you learn to pass block and keep your quarterback upright. So, um, uh, Etienne's pass blocking is, like, okay. He knows, like, what to do and where to be, mm-hmm. but he's he's a little inconsistent where, like, he'll drop his head and, like, try to blow the guy up instead of just, like, getting his hands in there and, like, sticking to you. So yeah. I think he can get good at it. It's just, like, he, he shows, like, the want to and the, like, know-how. So I think he'll be okay there. I think he'll be fine there. Yeah. I like that. The want to and the know-how. Yeah. That's important. Even if you don't always 100% like get it right, I, th- I think we'll get there. So, but next up, we've got the two UNC guys who. Oh yeah. I love these guys. You, you've got them two and three. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure if how I'm if, I, if I'm gonna have tears or how I'm gonna group these running backs. But <laughs> I was watching the UNC guys and I texted you because you had mentioned them, liking them. I'm like, dude, these guys are like really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they may be like. They may be my favorites, even if I don't know if they're the best. They might be just. I think they just might are my two favorites because they're just they're so explosive fun. and fun to watch. Yeah, but and they're exciting in some pretty different ways. Um, like Michael Carter, I guess we'll start with him because he's your number two, actually. Yeah. So another guy who I'm gonna I guess kind of compare to Ceh, and <laughs> so if if Ceh hadn't gone to Kansas City and like Kansas City still needed a running back this year, like I think everyone would be like creaming their pants over the possibility of Michael Carter to Kansas City yep. because he's a better runner than Clyde. He's, I think, a better athlete with more top speed, and he's better inside. And he's probably better at the catch point, too. So, like, I'm pretty much just saying he's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire <laughs> at this point. Um, I don't think his, like, his route running is not as good. There's a couple other things that CH does well that I'm not listing, but, like, there's a lot of things he does better <laughs> than Clyde. So, um... Like, I don't, I don't know if he's as uh, good of, like, a runner decision-maker. Because, like, even though Clyde isn't always good inside, he's pretty, like, solid decision-maker. I say vision, like, technical-wise. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so I think Carter and Najee and um, Gainwell are, like, the three best receiving backs in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, and some of Carter's plays are, like, pretty awesome as far They're as... They're really fun. Like, making pretty awesome catches um said like i said not like extreme level route runner but pretty good he's short but he's not small he's he's pretty stout and uh i ended up kind of body comping him to devonta freeman and when i looked him up on player profiler it said devonta freeman and i was cracking up just because he's a very like big booty leg guy where like (laughs) he delivers some like pretty big hits for like how he looks like you wouldn't think he'd like deliver some punishment but he will so he's got that thickness yeah he's got that lower leg thickness yeah he he and he and his uh running mate both are down with the thickness so <laughs> oh, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. so yeah what makes him your number two um i think he my comp for him is imagine Bilal powell as like an every down back <laughs> he's like five eight five nine he's not super big but he's thick he's got like a good lower frame and he's just 
I just love how slippery he is. Like people get onto him, but they it seems like nobody ever tackles him head on. Like they're always just sort of draped on the wrong side of him <laughs> to slip through. He's really fluid. He just kind of bounces off everything. He's really short, but he's really quick and really strong. I think he's just so perfectly built for today's NFL um, because he's not your workhouse like power running back. He can do a lot of different things, and he's pretty solid in the pass protection. Even though he is shorter, um, he's really good at his body positioning and his footwork, so that works out well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like that change of direction that – I think his is probably the best in the class. He can just sort of shift in and out and make people miss so easily. Mm-hmm. But he also has that that acceleration. So like when he's making someone miss with these double moves, he can then shoot up along the side there and just get past people before they have a chance to react. And he has that quick little burst uh, that you need to have. Basically, you need to have to be successful. Yeah. Um, so he does have that. And... He's got pretty solid route running. It's not the best, but it's pretty good, and he's a good receiver. So, like, the only knock I have on him is that since he is smaller, if he's running a route, it'll be a lot tougher for him to shed blockers, and, you know, he'll have to rely a lot on his shiftiness to do that as opposed to his body and his size, um, which is just it's another thing that he'll have to do to be good at it. Not saying he can't, but Mm -hmm. it's tougher. It'll be tougher for him. Um, but yeah, in pass protection and as a receiver and a shifty back, uh, he's outstanding. I really like Michael Carter. He almost is my number one. <laughs> um, it's just that he's so different. He's like a very niche running back. Yeah. That yeah, I think overall, uh, ATN is a little more well-rounded. But um, I love what he does. Yeah, I like I mentioned him kind of in that like top pass catching tier, but I think mm-hmm. he's a better blocker than the other two that i'm putting there in my opinion like a better pass blocker yeah which he shouldn't be but he is yeah <laughs> like a lot of a lot of it's technical conceptual like i think you know like harris could and probably should become a better pass blocker but his ability to like quickly get to the blitzy diagnosis is pretty solid like yeah. and so his three cone and like i know three cones whatever and it's a pro day it was a 6.87 which is really quick like that's like Miles sanders level like yeah quickness so that's pretty impressive and he looks faster than his 40 time they clocked him at like a four five but i swear he's faster like at least he looks faster on the field i don't know i think he has really good game playing speed yeah like that that acceleration i mentioned where he just he can hit the first level and then just speed past them into the second then he hit then he hits the second gear and hits his top end speed so he has like that down pat which i love so If I was drafting a running back in fantasy and I was drafting a rookie, he would be probably be my first one off the board. Yeah, depending on where he goes in the draft, like Carter and Williams, I think could both be like dino draft bargains because yep. they may not get the draft capital. And I don't know if they don't really, they don't really gotten a ton of hype. Like they've gotten some recognition, but Etienne and probably like Harris have gotten the most hype. So there's oh, a chance definitely. like you could grab these guys second round because receivers stack like if you're in super flex quarterbacks pretty loaded so there's kyle pitts obviously so i'm not i'm not really sure where everyone's gonna go after kind of those top guys are gone so someone paying attention will take michael carter but he could drop far more than he should yeah like like with as far as like the nfl teams go that could take him like any any team that kind of either wants either 
Like, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't want him to just be a change of pace back, but a lot of NFL teams may see him and use him that way. Or, like, so there might be some teams that want to give him, like, a pretty big role. Like, I could see, like, New England maybe giving him a big role. <clears throat> or, like, maybe... So, some... I think he'll go early second round. Gotcha. For, um, which means, like, what if uh, Miami took him? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. Or, like, if Cincy decides they want to replace Gio with him. Like... Yeah. <laughs> which would be kind of funny. Or, like, maybe... I think he's a... F- yeah, he's a fairly good Geo comp. Like, he, a little, he's a little better. Houston makes a lot of sense, too. Like... Mm-hmm. They kind of need a playmaker and a running back, so and I keep forgetting. They have like Houston. seven running backs, but are any of them good? Exactly. So they need a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the Jets if they had him at the top of the second. If they had just taken uh, Wilson in like a corner and he's there, I'm like, mm-hmm. 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 yeah. There's a, there's a few teams that are like pretty good like running back destinations, but a lot of places will kind of be committee approaches. So like, so like these guys like if they end up in like a committee spot, they may drop even more in Dino. So, but moving down to his running mate, we've got Javante Williams, who is also also, <laughs> also super fun, but very different. There, it's it's the classic Thunder or Lightning. He's the Thunder, the Lightning. He's the Thunder. Yeah, and I like these UNC guys, man. Like especially this year, and uh, Dayami Brown for the receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, but like their their running back coach needs a raise at this rate because <laughs> like these guys are both like pretty good, like technically conceptually. It's like they're being yeah. taught really well. <clears throat> And they they do a good job taking advantage of their skills and body types, and so like get that dude in the NFL, man. Who's the running? I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, who's the running back coach for UNC? Yeah, he he's doing something well. Same with the Memphis coach because there's been a lot of good guys coming out lately too. So yeah, Javante Williams, he's really good at using his size. Um, like I <laughs> put, he knows how to use his girth. He delivers oh, contact yeah. super well. He's like a, he's the classic like boulder bowling ball, but he's a lot like quicker slash faster than you'd think for someone of his like meatiness. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep using different <laughs> words to describe his thickness. Thickness. So, like his pad level is really good. His foot movement's great. Um, he's really hard to bring down for a loss. It just in general because like he's pretty fluid for his size. Um, like he moves his hips pretty well, and his moves aren't flashy. Because I mean, well, what? Like it's hard to move that quickly when you're that big. But they're effective. It's a lot of like change of direction, hit movement, leg bend, and he's like he's really good at like so when running backs. I guess maybe Love's a good example. There's a couple running backs I, I can think of top of my head who do it really well. When they go to either cut or they're trying to be patient and decide where to go, they almost look like they're sitting in a chair. Like they're almost <laughs> and if they're like the, the the sit you want to see when you're deciding like where to go or change of direction. Like he does that really well, and it gives you a lot of power coming like a, kind of coming out of a jump cut or if you're about to like burst into a hole it really helps you like accelerate properly mm. so he does that pretty well and i think that's why that adds to kind of his you know toughness to take down um because he's actually like apparently he's 40 times like a four five five something like that like a pretty decent 40 time for his size oh, yeah um but yeah he's so he's great at taking on contact he just pretty much always delivers it and in my opinion he is probably the best at dealing with contact in the class uh even I would if, agree with that, yeah. yeah. Like, so, like I would, thought it was going to be Sermon, and then I watched Devontae. I'm like, no, Devontae is the number one that for me. And uh, I'll explain why Sermon's not number one there when we get to him. But, yeah, Devontae, like, because he's, he, like, high knees it when someone's trying to grab at his legs. He'll just mm-hmm. bang off of you. He's great at, like, getting his stride right so you'll bounce off of him. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty good. 
So yeah, I know that he's really good at the block shedding, like and people tackling him. He is just so good at at shedding those and putting himself in the right position to not get tackled head on. The same thing, like that's why we're talking about the coaching. Him and Michael Carter both have this. Uh huh. They both know how to fall forward and yeah. get those extra yards. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. And of course, got to mention the blocking. Also, a good blocker. So more also to the coaching. Yes. Um, Robert Gillespie. Robert by Gillespie. The way is the uh, coach that he was the running backs coach. And guess what? He just got hired at, guess where? Uh, Baltimore? Alabama. Oh, Alabama. I I thought you were going to say NFL job, but, I mean, that's definitely a step up college job-wise going to Alabama. Yep, he was at North Carolina, and then this year he is now going to Alabama. I'm like, someone took notice a little bit before we did. Yeah, dude. Someone took notice. When you have two running backs playing that well, you're like, all right, let me take a look at this coach. So, right, but at the same time, he was only there two years, and he did this. My God, yeah. my God. But yeah, so l- l- let me hear how how are you feeling on Javante? What so why is he why is he three for you? Um, I love his footwork. I love the way he makes guys miss. He's amazing balance. Um, yeah, that contact he's balance. Just, I think he's so explosive. Like he has different gears he can activate um, that complement his size and running so well. I do think he might be part of a committee, but I also think that he can take the job in a year as a lead back. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like fantasy, I like him and Carter as like my the two basically the two guys I want. I think he comps as sort of a David Montgomery, but better. Yeah, I like, saw some stronger. like Mark Ingram comps too, like that like kind of archetype, but mm-hmm. like he's got he's got like a little more to him than those guys i think yeah no i think he's david montgomery with better acceleration <laughs> is which uh, would be a pretty I, good running back exactly because i think david montgomery is coming into his own and getting better and like doing okay but yeah i think javante starting at a better place Ooh, yeah there's my hot take uh motorcycle javante williams yeah the zoomies we, we already talked about michael carter <laughs> <laughs> um i was like he's Going back to my Jets comps I've been doing, he's who I wanted Elijah McGuire to be. Because <laughs> he was physical and he was big and he was patient, but he just wasn't as fast. He didn't have the speed or the burst or the footwork quite as well. Nah. And, yeah, I mean, Elijah McGuire yeah. would have fucking thrown it back there. And, like, both of these guys, they, sh- they shared a backfield, and they're both NFL-caliber guys that are pretty good. So I think if they had been solo they might be getting a lot more recognition. And so it could be a thing where we like, where there's a sort of surprise factor to it when they come into the NFL of like, wow, this guy's like really good. He was just also sharing the backfield with someone who was also really good. So <laughs> You're going to look at it and say, wait, these guys both went to the same school? I went to UNC? Oh to- my God. But if you listen to our podcast, you'll know that already and say, ha, I've already drafted him. You fool. Exactly. You fool. So I'm looking forward to, uh, well, well, get angry when you take one of these guys ahead of me and dine out. Well, I'm going to have to take one. Yeah. I'll take now, the Darnold's other. Darnold's going to be the Super Bowl MVP with the Panthers, so I don't need a quarterback anymore. <laughs> that is funny that how that turned out for you there with him eventually going somewhere else to start. I was. That's why I held on to him. Yeah. I'm like, if he, if he goes like to the Steelers or the Niners, like I got another great quarterback. He just can't be on the Jets to be good. <laughs> but I know. Such is life. Such is life. <laughs> yes, whoever the Jets take at quarterback will be the wrong pick. This is a fact. <laughs> um, no, like we co- so like I guess kind of before we move on with running backs, like we were kind of talking about this in the group earlier as far as like quarterback landing spot. Like 
if Trevor Lawrence wasn't as good as he is, I'd be, like, worried about the Jags fucking him up just because they're a pretty inept organization. <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> with, like, the Falcons maybe taking quarterback and the Niners pretty surely taking a quarterback, it kind of reduces some bust factor because you, you go into, like, a good team, a good situation. And then I'm, like, I'm looking at the Jets, and, like, it looks like they should be, like, on the upswing, but it's still, like... The Jets. Still I'm the sorry. Jets. It's, like, I oh, I'm fully prepared for this quarterback to not work out for them. Yeah, like I really hope he does. One for them, two for you and Caleb. Like I wanted, <laughs> like it's it'd be nicer if if he if their quarterback doesn't suck. But it would be. It'd be a better league. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be nice for Jets fans to have yeah. something nice <laughs> that stays there. So I did bump Wilson. A little bit in my rankings, but we will get into that next week when we do our official pre-draft rankings uh, going into the 2021 NFL draft, which I'm so excited for. Yes, for sure. We'll try to get that out before the draft starts as well. So, moving on. So, Najee Harris is mm. probably a consensus top two, I think, in a lot of spots I'm seeing, but oh, we're yeah. a little, like, hesitant on him. I'm I'd- very... I'm pretty hesitant on him. It was I, funny because, like, we, like, I was like, I thought everyone loved this guy, and he looks fine. It just nothing, like, caught me. And I came and saw you had the same take. I'm like, all right. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not, it's not like I'm missing something. I almost copy-pasted your your evaluation <laughs> into my spot because it's pretty much the exact same. It's, there's nothing about him that wows you. Like, he doesn't have top-end speed. He's not amazing at pass protection. He is a very good receiver, but he's also 6'2". Like, he, his whole comp doesn't really make sense. But I'll let you talk on him first here. Yeah, so I I couldn't find a good 40 time for him because he didn't, like, participate in the pro day. So I have no clue yeah. what his 40 time is. Like, and there were times where his speed looked good and times where it, like, wasn't it as really good. really slow. Yeah, so I don't know if there's something, like, we're missing. Like, I gotta hope he just is, he is fast. I'm just, like, hoping that because there are times when he looked really fast. So, like, if we get that guy, this could be a different conversation. Yeah. Because his acceleration is bad. Like, like that's, yeah. like, that's the big issue for me with this guy is acceleration is bad. And, you know, if you're, if you're Derrick Henry, you can get away with it because your top end speed is really good. And you turn into, like, an unstoppable force of, like, an actual wrecking ball. Right. You are the muscle train. You are the muscle train, and no one can bring you down. Yeah. So, like, with Najee, like, if if his speed is what we want, like, I've seen, like, a 4-4-5 some places, and, like, that's good, but it's not, like, like the elite level we want. So, like, it's, it's tough for me to gauge him because of, like, the different speeds I've seen from him. The, the problem is he doesn't have that switch he can turn on to hit the second level speed. Like when Derrick Henry hits the second level, he's gone because he is so hard to take down, but he has so much mass. Yeah. That when he hits that top speed, the acceleration, we all know that, you know, F equals, uh, right. Forces, <laughs> momentum and acceleration. He gets that momentum going and all of a sudden he's an unstoppable force. Najee Harris doesn't quite have that size, and he doesn't quite have that speed. So, like, he's always sort of running at one pace, and it's not always great. He, yeah. I've seen a couple of plays where he's running around the outside. I'm like, he looks 
he looks slow. Not like he doesn't look fast. Like, he looks slow. And it's not that I think he is slow, but I definitely think he needs to work on that. And the fact that he's being touted as the number two running back, or even number one, like, some people are like, oh, my God, I hope we get Najee Harris. I'm really hesitant on it. Like, I just, it's not a great class as a whole, and he's not, like, the standout above the rest. He's a B-minus prospect, yeah, C plus. It's, like, it's tough because like part of me is like, are we missing something? Like, did he have uh, did he have some injuries in twenty twenty? I think so. Yeah, I think he had like an ankle issue going on. Some. I mean, if that's part of it, then that you know, I feel better, quite frankly, um, about him as a prospect because I just yeah, there were just times I'm watching him. I'm like, this guy is not. I don't know. He doesn't have that speed you want from someone that big. Like, the breakaway, like, you're 6'2", you need to have the breakaway speed, and he just doesn't. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so Najee did have an ankle thing going on some during the year. I'm trying to find, like, when exactly it was. So that would, like, make some more sense. I think it was later in the season, but, yeah, like, he's, okay, so, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll kind of figure this out more as we go, but he's giant, so, like, he doesn't, I don't know, like, okay, like, where he's so big, he doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, like, need to be super fast, because, like, you know, you can have those bruiser guys, but it just, it feels like, like I said, something is just, like, missing, I don't know. Exactly, there's something missing, there's a, there's a burst of quickness that he doesn't have. Yeah, and that was the David Montgomery thing, so, like, maybe, maybe he fixes it, maybe, maybe, maybe some injuries that were nagging him, you know, get healthy, and he looks faster, like he did, as, like like there were points where he looked fast. So maybe injuries were kind of keep making that inconsistent. But yeah, so we we've kind of like not shot on him, but like talked about negatives a lot. But there's a, there is a good amount of positive to say. Like right, his receiving. Yeah, he's a really good pass catcher, and he's also really good at the goal line. Like mm-hmm. despite his you know acceleration that we've knocked, he like he's great receiving <laughs> back. He's really good at the goal line. So like he's gonna be solid fantasy wise because mm-hmm. of those strengths like i, I so he, he made me think of mary and barber for a couple of reasons actually <laughs> one like running style like there are some similarities there um and two like mary and barber ends like like red zone fiend and also like a solid pass catcher like receiver that he didn't get enough credit for i think just because at his time you know wasn't a huge thing but i think like if if he doesn't hit like we want him to slash like he doesn't fully develop that burst, I think may, like the Marion Barber role is kind of where he may fall into, which isn't like bad, but it's something you don't, that's not what you're hoping for when you like, when you're drafting him as like a top three running back. Exactly. But I think he can definitely reach the ceiling that people are hyping for him. Cause he seems like a great guy. Yeah, like he um, like fucking drove nine hours to support his teammates of the pro. Like he's he's obviously like a great teammate. So exactly. I'm like I'm if rooting for him. Off, I just want him to do squats. Basically, <laughs> I want him to do more squats, <laughs> and uh, I want him to run a little lower. Yeah, he, like he, he like a lot of people are comping him to sort of an Adrian Peterson because of how he runs pretty upright and really strong and decisively. But he doesn't. He's not as um. He doesn't churn the legs as well as Peterson did. And he doesn't get the uh, 
yeah. I had this this nitpick on another prospect. I think it was one of the receivers. He doesn't get the knees up enough. Got to get those knees up. Yeah, that's Sermon kind of has that issue for me too when we get to him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, with Najee, like the, if his top speed is like the actual top speed we've seen at times, then I feel a lot better about him than you know. I know you've got him like five, but right, and that might be where I have him. I don't know, but. I'll be much more bullish on uh, bullish, yeah, bullish on him. Yeah, yeah. The, if like we kind of see, like if we get any intel of like why he didn't look as fast at times. Exactly. Because like there and are times where he blazed. Boat. Like not I me, mean, not blazed, but there are times where he like outran no, yeah, guys, he... looked fast, looked like someone who should be a top candidate, like a top running back prospect. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. So I just want to get some clarification on that. Um, right now, I've got him at five. I can bump him up probably to three or four, depending. But uh, yeah, for now, like he's in the top five of a fairly decent, not amazing class. Yeah, but <laughs> I feel like we've kind of ride off. So I'm trying to like look through to see like other positives. Like he's got some good moves, got good vision. Um, yeah, we're not saying don't draft this guy in fantasy because he's going to be a PPR machine. Yeah. But I think that we're kind of lowballing the expectation because right now his expectations are really high. Yeah, we're kind of knocking it down like a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like just you know, calm down a little bit, calm down, simmer down. He's got a little bit to work on, but he can be very good. Yeah, and the the level at which his acceleration issues are going to matter is something I'm just not sure of too because. Like we saw with Dave Montgomery, how in year one it was an issue, but this past year, like he kind of improved it. It was better. Right. Like I think I want to see him go somewhere similar to how the Titans use Derrick Henry, where they get him the chance to get accelerated. They mm-hmm. like don't put him in like a bunch of shit situations or whatever. So a good line blocking up front, so we can hit the second level with a head of steam. Yeah, he's like he's so big and strong. In like in college, I think that that mitigated some of his acceleration issues because he could literally just barrel people over because he's massive and like right. I think his like the, so like okay the one of the Derrick Henry like conundrums which is hilarious is that he's not always the best goal line back and it's because he does <laughs> like it's funny but he doesn't have that like decisiveness ability to like hit it like he doesn't have the skill set exactly to be a good goal line back even though he's so massive. Like, Najee has that skill set, despite, like, having less acceleration. It's, like, a very weird way to describe him. Like, he's such a weird eval. Like, that's, that's like, it our is. first comment. Very he's a weird evaluation. evaluation. And, I like, think he is a great goal lineback. He runs with determination that uh, Derrick Henry doesn't have. And he doesn't need to hit the second level to hit his top speed. But he doesn't have a second speed when he does hit the second level. So they're almost inverses. Yeah, it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's like, he's so hard. Just, I can't comp him, except, like sort of sometimes Marion Barber. Like, I don't know how to describe him because we've not seen a guy with this skill set also be, like, a really good pass catcher, but also be this giant. Like, imagine Brandon Jacobs, but, like... That's what I was about to say. Like, imagine like Bra- Brandon if Brandon Jacobs was, like, good receiving back. A like good pass catching back. It'd be like, what? Yeah, it just, like, breaks your mind. So, like, I don't know what to do with this guy. And, like, it could be... That could be an issue I'm having is, like, I have this weird bias where I don't know how to, like, put him in a bucket in my brain. But... I think the team that utilizes him correctly can get a lot of good work out of him. So, yeah, you'll have to see where he gets drafted. If he goes to a good situation, you know, he's bumping up those uh, draft boards for yeah. sure. And, like I said, it could be a thing where we see, okay, there was some health issue making him 
not as fast some games, and he is going to hit his top speed more often. This is the stat mm-hmm. that moves him up, so, yeah. Because he's kind of shifty. He has good movement. Like, he's a downhill runner, but he can make people miss. Yeah, like, he's he's, he's a, a good things. running back. Like, as yeah. far as, like, running back <laughs> skills are, like, he's not, like, we're not saying he's bad. It's just, like, he just doesn't have the acceleration needed. <laughs> And certainly yeah. not to be as talked about as he is, which, yeah. I mean, I think we can both agree the amount of hype around him is ridiculous. Yeah, it might be a little too high, but... It's just, he went to Alabama. Yeah. And, yeah. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully he works out. Obviously, we want him to. Um, yeah, he seems like a good dude. We like him. Seems like a good teammate. All amazing things that we love and like to support. Mm-hmm. We just are like a little... It's just hard to evaluate him, quite frankly. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, also, his pass blocking is kind of bad. Before we, like, like I, I keep wanting to mention that with every single running back because it is important, I think. His pass blocking is pretty inconsistent. Yep. Needs a lot of work on that. So, so really quick, if there was a team that you think he would do well with, if you can think of one, not, not to put you on the spot, just, you know, like, would you like him in, say, oh gosh, like Arizona, for instance, like with Chase Edmonds? No, I'm looking because I don't the think the, the blocking is good enough. Yeah, like I don't know if he like needs a great line, but <sighs> this is tough. I'm looking through. Would like, you like him in Miami as a blanket for Tua? Maybe. Hmm. I want. I want. Pittsburgh? I want a good pass blocker in Miami. Like, Pittsburgh. I like. I think I like Pittsburgh. If if Seattle didn't give Carson an extension, because they did, right? Yeah, they did. If they didn't extend Carson, I would love that fit. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of sense because they don't they don't really need him to pass block a ton just because like or, right, like how Russ moves around so much, and like I think this sort of comp, but yeah, it's it's a tough scenario of like where to put him. Honestly, like Atlanta's not a bad fit. Like in the early second. Yeah, like I kind of think Atlanta makes sense too. Mm-hmm. But they also might, don't hate New England with Cam. Yeah, I'm looking through like these options on like running backs where like where it makes sense because a lot of teams have running backs is the problem too. Like they do. So, so I, I think there is a good chance he falls. Yeah, just because like the demand's not there. Huh, yeah, I don't know where he like would end up or make sense. I mean, how would you feel about him on the Jets? I wouldn't hate it. Um, I think he'd be a nice option for Wilson there. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Wilson. Honestly, like, I think... It'd be fun, though, with Fields and, and uh, Harris, though. That would be fun. Yeah, I think Denver actually would be my favorite fit for him. Interesting. Yeah. I think I he... Want, I mean, I want them to get a quarterback in this draft, so, I, you know... Yeah, that. it would be I second round. Be good. But, right. no, I'm thinking about, like, like, Lindsey and Gordon, like, have done well there, and I think he... I, he doesn't cop to them, but... I think he would also kind of do well. He's like a little there. bigger, less shifty Melvin Gordon. Yeah, like such. A, it, it, I don't know how to compare him to anyone. So it's hard <laughs> for me to say like where he'd do well. You, you have to take someone and then change something. Yeah. <laughs> There's no do, like do almost comp. this guy. Yeah, but anyway, we spent like 15 minutes on that here, so we can move on to. Uh, yeah, but it's fair, you know. He's like one. Of, he's the most talked about running back. Yeah, and we have like an off, like an off chalk opinion. Like we have a contrarian take on him. So. Ta-ta. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, so next up, Trey Sermon. Um, if he were faster, which again, I got to be. If he were faster, I think he'd be the unquestioned number one. 
I think if it, it was 10 years ago, he would be too. <laughs> <laughs> but <coughs> Just yeah. the way the NFL's changed, but yeah, go on. Yeah, if he were like... I don't say like more athletic or if he, like if he were faster, like if he had a top gear, he would be so good because there were like almost not like every highlight, but mo like a lot of these highlights I'm seeing them. I'm like, Oh, go, go. And then he gets caught. I'm like, no, like, yeah, like, Oh man, if he had that breakaway gear, he would be really awesome. So like, cause he reminds me, and this is probably why like, I do like him is he reminds me of Chubb when he runs in some ways, like in terms of the style and the wiggle, and he's pretty good tackle breaking too, like there's similarities there where like, you see the way he gets to the spot where he could break, he should break away, and I'm like I'm like, this is Chubb, Chubb's gonna take this to the house and then he gets tackled, like, where Chubb yeah. would break it and take it to the house so like, they, they have some similarities as far as like, that first and second level running style, I <clears> think <throat> but like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving a chub cop. I'm just kind of trying to explain some of his qualities. So, but getting, I like that. getting any sort of chub name call for me is always a plus. So, yeah. But the reason he's not the number one for me in the tackle ranking department is because there were too many times I saw him get taken down by some like leg wraps and the kind of weak ones at times, um, like. And it was, it's one, maybe lack of speed, but two, he didn't, you know, get those knees high enough like we talk about a lot. Like, mm-hmm. he would kind of just be running, but a little too rigidly at times. Not right. all the time. It was just occasionally like where, but like, the leg wraps got him too much. And that's why I, I put uh, Javante Williams as my number one, like, tackle breaker contact guy over Sherman. But, right. his, like, but aside from that issue, his contact bounce is really good. Um, but not great. Like what? Like when he initiates this, though, it's great. But like the indirect or side contact sometimes gets him when I feel like he should have gotten through. But kind of still in the leg tackle department on that. Um, but he's quick. He's still like quick, but not, he's not super shifty. But he doesn't like. He doesn't have like a super good top speed. But he accelerates to that top speed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But technically wise, like like running back like technical sound fundamental i think he's the best in this class in that like aspect like i don't know if i ever saw him like fuck up like in terms of like where he should be going um Mm. like his vision and decision making was pretty good i thought Um, yeah and like his like he has like more of like a wiggle like i said than a lot of moves um but like he's even if he doesn't ever like hit a peak i think he could last a while in the league just because he is someone who runs well runs like plays a position properly um will you know very often get you those yards you need and a lot of coaches do like that um and but so we didn't see a whole lot of pass situations with him um he wasn't really asked to catch the ball much but i didn't see anything that like made me think he was bad at it could just like i think it was just a like didn't have many opportunities to so but he seemed fine at it and then his pass blocking was good it wasn't like it wasn't like top notch but it's definitely better than a lot of the guys in the class so yeah no absolutely he stands fairly tall right around six foot maybe a little taller he's a pretty big guy um yeah he just uh he just to me doesn't have a well-defined like excellent trait i think he's good at pass catching he just was underutilized i think he's 
decent at you know blocking, um, and I think he's fairly fast. He just doesn't have like next level speed. He's yeah. just exceptionally like above average at <laughs> everything. And the biggest problem with him is that since he is a bit bigger, he's kind of in the same thing as Najee Harris, where he's a little in between like type of running back he can do. And since he's not excellent at one thing or the other, I think it's a little tough to figure out which way to use him. Um, I agree. He is very technically sound. And I think he actually watching him and Nick Chubb side by side, as I just did while you were talking, (laughs) they actually do comp pretty similarly in the way they run. Mm -hmm. I think Chubb's just a bit beefier and doesn't get taken down as easily. Yeah. Yeah. Like as far as as, like contact balance goes, like in tackle breaking Chubb is like top tier. Like he is the guy like him and Kamara. (laughs) <laughs> like it kind of different ways but yeah those guys are like way up there on that mark on that mark but um yeah, yeah like, so he needs to work on his lower legs and uh get a little lower to the ground too yeah because he's what he's six foot two fifteen ish so he's a big fella yeah but yeah Indeed. his 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 like quote-unquote like excellent trait in my opinion is like the like sound like decision making vision kind of thing which is definitely not to be scoffed at because no. there are a lot of running backs that could have been good, but they just ran right into their lineman's ass Trent instead of through the big hole. <laughs> I think Trent Richardson is really like the best and funniest <laughs> example of like of why vision is important and like decision making is important because man, there were some just times where yeah, he's like Trent Richardson, but he goes to the right place. which would have been pretty good so pretty good so you know not knocking him i think he is in a i think this whole range of running backs is all solidly like in the three to four round range where Mm. they're all sort of around there and can be pretty solid they just need a little bit of work on something yeah i so with trey sermon and i kind of hate this and kind of like it buffalo makes a lot of sense for me because Mm. like if they decide they don't like monster singletary which they may like that, that could be a little too premature on that in general but i think he makes a lot of sense for them because they really suffered from like inefficient running where like yeah some line issues and then running backs you know like either not making decision making or being troubled the goal line this is that like i think sermon could fix a lot of the problems they had mm. in the running department hmm. i do kind of like that but, hmm. Yeah, I think of where else he would make sense that needs a running back. But, like, I think Buffalo makes the most sense for his skill set versus, like, team with maybe a need kind of thing. So, TBD. TBD. Yes. We'll know more once he gets drafted. Mm-hmm. But we've got a couple other guys to go through here. So, uh, Chuba Hubbard is one of the other guys we both uh, evaled. Sorry, Chuba Hubbard, my bad. Uh, Chuba is what we all want, is what our brains all say, is what everyone's been saying. But as we watched the uh, highlights for Oklahoma State, we kept hearing the announcer say Chuba. And uh, I guess Chuba is it. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed because, you know, it's his name. But, you know, Chuba Hubbard is just, I mean, what a great yeah. name. Chuba Hubbard. Mm-hmm. So, what? yeah. Seemed pretty good to me on watching his tape. How'd you feel about him? Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um he has some, I think, uh, I'll call just, like, typical college running back issues, <laughs> like I'll say. <laughs> Whereas, like, these guys are great athletes. They they can kind of do what they want decision-making-wise. And then, like, but, they, but like, they need to fix it. <laughs> um, 
Mm-hmm. Like he, like sometimes like does the you know bouncing it out too early. But again, what athletic college back doesn't? Um, <laughs> he wasn't asked to um, catch too much again, but I think he seemed solid with it. Yeah. Like I just lost my ability to read for a second. All the words just turned into one big mass. Oh no! That's what happens when you look at a Google sheet for too long. Everything just turns into <laughs> one big mass. Um, but yeah. So as far as like things I like about him, his name great. Um, and then major speed. As far as like zoomies, this guy is the guy. Um, quick and elusive to go with it. Good hips and like like his jump cuts. I think are a great example of his like hips and how fluid he is with them. He's got pretty good division, like vision, and mostly solid decision making. But like I said, there are enough times where he bounces it outside too early, where it's kind of eh. But aside from that, I think he makes good decisions. Um, he can negate the early backfield pressure pretty well, which you know is I think worth you know because like, negating losses is good. Um, he wasn't asked to do a lot of inside zone running in college, um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of one of the other big question marks I think because. You would think that would be what he would feature in, right? Yeah, like like, expe- like zone and like most teams run a zone in general, and like you, if you want to be feature back, you have to be able to run inside zone for the most part. Uh, yeah. Some teams you don't need to, but I think he'll be fine there. I think it's gonna. I think it's more of just a like lack of experience than like the inability to do so with him. Because um, like I think a good example of it going wrong is Tevin Coleman. As much as we like him, he never fully developed as an inside zone runner. So, oh. and like he came out all the athletics, all the other shit you want, but it was a lot of outside, a lot of gap schemes, a lot of like counters, draws, this, this, that. And that's what Chubba Hubbard was put in situation wise. And he can't help that. But I think he looked good enough on the chances he got when going inside to develop there. But like he, I think I think his whole time he just ran he was running out of shotgun so again that's going to be an adjustment. Right. He's someone who it might be a thing with like maybe a Miles Sanders thing but like a thing where you see this really talented guy who might actually kind of like need ear like as weird as it sounds like him going somewhere where there's a running back with like one year left and then him being the guy next year might be the best thing for him because he does kind of need to learn like he needs he super needs to work on his ball security like he's one of the main guys in this kind of top group that has a, a kind of big issue with that but we've seen some guys fix that a lot so yeah um yeah, the scheme makes it tough that he was in yeah i i wrote here i think a shanty scheme makes sense but then again you know who wouldn't be good in a shanty <laughs> scheme so yeah i if, if the niners take fields round one and then uh chuba hubbard or sorry chuba hubbard later i think that would be a really good plan mm. but yeah, so a lot of good, but there's definitely enough uncertainty to him where I I don't I can't put him super high, but I like him. Exactly. I do think he's pretty fast and he has I think pretty good acceleration. It's just, it's not like groundbreaking, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Um he's a probably a fourth round pick to me that could potentially get a starting position if the if he's, you know, works on a few things. I think he could put on a little a little bit of weight. He's like uh what, 6 feet tall. 210. Yeah, let me check so, his uh, measurables. Say, if you're going to be an every down back, he has to put on probably 10 pounds. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of tall running backs. Yeah, he's pretty tall. Uh, which is weird because I'm so used to 
like I don't know the more scat back thing that we've been seeing lately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got him as sort of like my seventh ranked guy. I think he could potentially do pretty good, but as of right now, he's sort of like a fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. I do like him with Shanny. That would be fun. I think they yeah. use him right. He may go early in the fourth round just because like teams might see enough there, and there is enough name cachet because he's been because he wasn't he another guy who like came back for a year or he's at least been a name that people have been looking at for a year or two. That might have happened. I know like, what happened with one of the other guys. We yeah, Et- Et- yeah, Etienne was definitely a guy who went back. Um, was there one other guy we haven't talked about yet who went back for a year? Uh, Gainwell. Gainwell, that's right. He missed a year, yeah. But, yeah, so, Hubbard, <clears throat> yeah, so, and, man, my, for some reason, my words are just breaking down today. It happens. <laughs> no, nothing like trying to record a podcast and your words just stop working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They say it's important. Yeah. Wor- you know. Words words do things. They make sentences. They make podcasts. All <laughs> words make podcasts. So anything else with uh, Hubbard before we move on? No, I think you covered it pretty well. Did you watch his blocking at all? Um. Oh, gosh. I don't have any I – don't, I, didn't, I didn't have any notes on it, so it probably wasn't anything super good or super bad, or it might have just been a lack of being asked to. <laughs> but I'll, I'll look through and see if anything like I missed on him. But yeah, so next up we do have the just mentioned uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who uh, I think is getting pretty underrated here. Yeah, he's very like he he kind of fits in that like super duper fun and hope he actually like is good too in the NFL. I like him a lot. I hope he does pan out. Um, I think he's being under talked about because he took all of last year off from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Before that, you know, he was getting 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground and an extra 600 through the air. So, like, the production is there. He's, I think he's got some of the best balance in the class, both at contact and avoid, at avoiding contact. He keeps his body low. He's, like, the ideal size, like, 5'11", 200 pounds. Um, yeah, I think he could get maybe a little beefier. Yes, I think he could put on a little bit of uh, muscle weight there and it would help him out. Yeah, because he's like I said, he's taller than I know you like. We realized at first because you said NFL had him listed at like five eight. You they know that, do NFL yeah. on their official website has him listed at five eight. That is yeah, incorrect. he's five eleven, like one ninety five, two hundred ish. So yeah, could get a little bigger, but I don't I don't want him to like lose his, you know, electric electricity, his ability to just, like make those plays by getting bigger. But yeah, I, he's I pretty explosive and he's fast and yeah you don't want him to lose that yeah his his pass catching is again he's in that top three for me as far as like pass catching goes um like receiving wise um like his decision making is good he delivers a lot more punishment than you think for his size like he said he still needs to beef up some and i think he has a frame to do it but he's you know definitely pretty solid there are plenty there are plenty of times where he like bounced off guys so he's got some good route running Pretty solid at the cash point. He he comes back to the ball well. Like he's again these Memphis guys. Like he's actually like a really good receiver. And his the only knock I have on him because like there aren't many. I'm like this guy's actually just pretty good. Um, yeah. I was expecting to see like some glaring error. But the only thing that I really thought was like an issue was like his open field running. He'll sometimes have these lapses where he tries like too hard to just juke people out of their pants or make a comeback mm. or something. But 
Otherwise, I like, feel like that can be coached well. Yeah, but he's pretty solid. So, I mean, what what what, are you, what else do you think of him? Um, well, he kind of to me looks like Mike Davis last year with the Panthers. Mm. That's my comp for him. Like, I think he's he faster be than pre- Mike Davis. But, I think he is. I yeah. think he is faster, but I think he can fit that role really well. Huh. Um, where he's pretty solid back there in pass pro, but he can also run out and catch a screen pass and get some huge chunks out of it. Um, I wanted to mention, like, in the opposite of Etienne, he he took a year off for COVID, and for me, that's a good thing with running backs. I mean, maybe he's a little rusty, but an extra year of tread off the tires for a young mm-hmm. running back <laughs> is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that, it's definitely not, like, a negative as long as, like, nothing, like, like as long as their play didn't deteriorate. Exactly. So, yeah, he's my number four. Um... He's my number four prospect as far as the running backs go. I have him just ahead of Harris, so that means I—I I mean, I like him a lot because I also like Harris. We just been nip, we nitpicked him for a while there, but yeah, uh, I do have him just ahead of him for now. If I find out more stuff about Harris and maybe he had an ankle injury that he was playing through, then I would maybe switch those two. But I think that he's going to get drafted in the late third, fourth round, and he's going to be a bargain for someone. Yeah, I he's got like I think he's got a potentially pretty high fantasy ceiling, like especially PPR. Like he could be like a PPR darling, not yeah. in like a dump off sense, but in like an Austin Eckler sense. I think mm. of like will actually go downfield, make plays, and like can actually run too. Like I th- yeah. honestly, I think like Eckler is a decent comp for him. Yeah, like, I kind of like that. Like kind of came what, out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know what's Eckler's forty time. Like I'm not forty time, but like what like trying to like get a gauge on speed because like I mean he's pretty fast. So like yeah, I, I think I like the Austin Eckler comp as far as he's like, a little that goes. bigger and maybe a little less shifty, but they both run into contact well. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think I'll stick with that for now. <laughs> yeah, I like my slightly faster Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the, not the Mike Davis we saw before, the one last year with the Panthers yeah. specifically filling in for McCaffrey and yeah. doing that role well. The one that he could have been earlier had he not had a reported work ethic issues. So, yep. Yeah, pa- apparently he <clears throat> had that going on. So, but Wank. yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, we like him a lot. Isn't necessarily being hyped up a ton, but I definitely heard him mention, and people are kind of getting on to the whole Memphis running back thing. Is Memphis running good. backs? Yeah, but um. So kind of going down, there's a couple of guys that like uh, each of us kind of evaled independently. Um, but oh yeah, so Chubba Hubbard, I had it marked. His his path blocking was like okay, a little below average. Definitely needs some improvement. But okay, again, like I'll kind of uh, I think an experience thing. I'm gonna say, but so Khalil Herbert is the last guy that I want to bring up, and then I know you've got one other guy as well. Um, mm. I saw a Dalvin Cook comp, and I kind of like that. But I also want to like give a little bit of like James Robinson comp because wow. he he's a very like one speed guy, but not in like a bad way. It's not a knock. It's just like he doesn't slow down. He doesn't like he doesn't get slowed down. Like it's he stays at the same speed like no matter what he's doing almost. And it's weird, but it it, it looks like it's right. Like it seems like that's <laughs> good. So um, as far as like weaknesses go, I think he. He still does that sometimes, like classic college running back thing where you try to bounce it outside more often than he should. But again, that's something that I think is coachable. <laughs> and I think he'll probably, you know, fix soon just because he's 
not like an athletic freak, but he's he's athletic, but he's not like that same level of like you know Michael Carter or Kenneth Gainwell like zoom zoom. Mm-hmm. But so there because there's like mixed reports on what his forty time is. Like I've heard I've seen some like really fast ones, some like mid range ones. So I'm not sure. He looks fast, but not like blazing. Okay. And so, like, but regardless of like the exacts of it, he looks fast enough definitely like he house calls it enough to make me feel good about his speed being on the higher end maybe reports he's quick enough for sure like he for sure meets the necessary thresholds and it's probably over him he's like a really good runner just like in general like his technique vision he's got good processing speed kind of back to that um okay. like the often quarterback trade i mentioned because like he and that's where I, I like the Dalvin Cook comp a lot because I think Dalvin Cook falls in that good processing speed category where he makes a lot of good decisions, good fundamentals. He fumbled like once in 500 plus carries. Like he he just doesn't like fuck up a lot, and I think Kosher's gonna like that. And I think he makes I think he's gonna be a good NFL fit because like he's got that patience and decision making that you need for his own scheme. So yeah, seems to be running it pretty effectively here at Virginia Tech. I'm just kind of watching as you uh, talk about him. Yeah, like he's not like a flashy moves guy but he's got like kind of that bend that you see with dalvin that's like that's why it's that comp made sense to me like where he like bends well shifts well subtle moves he's got like good hips and direction change where like he'll like he'll make you miss but you don't realize how you missed kind of thing but it happens all the fucking time so i'm like okay and like i think his his pump return uh like his kick return chops i think factor into that so I definitely, like, looking at him here, I think he could uh, be part of a committee that's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he's a feature back, but I don't know. Like, he's uh, he has good vision. He definitely hits the right hole. Um, he uh, He's a good size, mm-hmm. I would say. He's, like, 5'9", what, like, 2'10". Like, that's pretty good. That's what you – that's actually almost an ideal running back size. Yep, he is yep. almost like the prototypical running back. Uh huh. Like he doesn't have like any sort of like wow flash rate, but like again, like the 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 reported speed. Like I don't really care a ton about that. It it gives some context because like sometimes it's competition is harder to tell. But there were enough times where he like where like where, like I said where Trey Sermon like there were times where I wish he would have finished the house call. There were times mm-hmm. where. Herbert did finish that house call that he should finish, so... <clears throat> His uh, comp is Mike Davis. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty funny. A lot of Mike Davis comps, but... Yeah, so Clear <laughs> Herbert, as well, like, he transferred from Kansas to Virginia Tech. Kind of, like, interesting, because, like, you'll see a lot of Virginia Tech stuff for this, but... Sorry, not Kansas. So, kind of a weird career for him, but... Looked pretty solid. And is Yeah, uh, I think he's there. definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, and he racked up a lot of, uh... Punt return yards. Ooh... Well, the yeah. fact that he doesn't fumble could mean he could immediately get work doing that. Yeah, like, like he'll he'll stick on a roster, like because of his his special teams abilities and his just reliable enough running. So, I feel like he's like Frank Gore when he got drafted, <laughs> received the uh, award for highest quality of leadership and character. Oh, that's always good. Yeah, doesn't fumble the ball. Ideal running back size. Uh, it's the whole right with good processing. I there's a lot to like about this guy. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty intrigued. His landing spot and where he gets drafted will 
do a lot for me, but I feel good about him like landing on a team, sticking on a team because he do, he brings a lot to the table. Just like like not like as far as like being like super duper good at one thing, but like there's a he does a lot of stuff pretty solidly. So yeah, I like him. I like that. Mm-hmm. Good and stuff. Then, uh, your last guy we have on here is. Um, well, real quick, I did look a little bit at Larry Roundtree because oh, okay. <laughs> he has been on a few people's boards. Mm-hmm. He's just a little slow to me. I think he has like a 4.7, which is gotcha. not ideal. Um, I think he's worth mentioning. He'll probably be a fourth, fifth round. I would say fifth round pick, if gotcha. I had to guess. That could end up doing something, but I'm not. he's not super high on my board right now. Um, I put in JV and Hawkins as well because Louisville has a number of these guys that are just like really short and really fast and really hard to tackle. And he's <laughs> super squeaky, 5'8", like 180. He's super quick. Um, and his, uh, I don't know, I think his acceleration is pretty solid. It needs to get a little bit better, but he just kind of needs to bulk up. Like he looks like a good prospect. He's just too small. I don't, I, you know, 5'8", 180, that's going to be pretty tough to do pass protection with and he gets hit too much like he won't have a very long you know career there gotcha. so i do like him but he just needs to bulk up a bit bit gotcha gotcha but yeah and there's like said plenty of guys that we didn't hit on who are on boards like i've seen like ramondre stevenson on boards we didn't mention him uh, there's a few other guys who we missed but can only you know do so many at a time you can only look at so many yeah, yeah like elijah mitchell from la lafayette i've seen in a few places um yeah and he's like, like 511 215 which is great yeah and we already make our episodes pretty long i don't think anyone wants like a two-hour running back review right i mean maybe some people do but i don't want that <laughs> just i just want to know who's good and the, you know, the occasional deep sleepers are nice but like I, said, I have no clue where these running backs will get drafted because like it's not a strong class there's not much need so they could really get pushed down the board i think this year so as of right now if we were doing a mock draft what do you like you know let's say you have a solid team of like a decent rb1 and a decent rb2 at what point would you start taking a running back given this class because you're gonna have a bunch of quarterbacks go first yeah if we're we're talking super flex then that's right because like those top five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, probably, yep. in a super flex league. And then you've got Chase, Devonta, Waddle. So that's eight guys right there. Probably, like, like depending on where the other receivers go, there might be two more. And then you'll have Etienne <coughs> and Harris, probably. So that's kind of your first round in a 12-team super flex, I'm guessing. So, like, back end of the first round? Yeah, or, like, because, like, if, uh, if Etienne goes to, like, a good spot... Like, he may mm-hmm. work in after those top three receivers. Yeah. And also Pitts. I forgot about Pitts. Whoops. No, of course. I forgot about him, but, like, I was looking through No, I think Pitts here. could go really early. Honestly, like, even a super flex, Pitts should be the first non-quarterback taken. Yeah. Actually, maybe Chase. I don't know. It depends on where they land. But Chase and Pitts should be the first non-quarterbacks taken in super flex league. And then in a standard league, they should be the top two. Yeah. Just because they're so absurdly good. Like, I'm sure Lawrence will be, like, the first taken in many, um, like, in dynastic formats, but... Yeah, and, like, I don't, like I said, I'm not I'm not in a non-super flex dynasty league, so I don't have, like, a personal yeah. frame reference, but 
in uh, in Superflex, he will be should be number one. Because I've seen uh, some Twitter debate about people taking Kyle Pitts number one in the Superflex league, which I think is incorrect. I mean, if you've got <coughs> you know your quarterback situation completely hashed out with multiple depth pieces of young guys, then sure. But most people don't have that. Yeah. And even <laughs> if you think you do, you might not. because it, Exactly. A year ago, two years ago, I was like, I've got Lamar and Deshaun and Cam. And now I'm like, I've got Lamar. And so yeah. <laughs> a lot can change quickly. You know, Very you, quickly. You could find out your quarterback might be a serial perv. Like, you never know what's right. going to happen. So You never know. Um, but, and having that depth is great. Because you know what? You've got six great quarterbacks. You can make some trades happen. So, yeah, I, I think he should be first pick Superflex-wise. He's going to be first pick NFL draft-wise, barring something absurd. Um, I do, before we close out, I kind of want to get your opinion on what's going to happen in those next couple picks because that's kind of the hot topic right now. That's something I feel not passionate about, but I feel sure. very strongly that it's going to be QB each of the first four picks. Okay, so you think Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson... I'm going to say, personally, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and then the other one at four. Yeah, like, I think a team's going to trade up for the other guy, especially if it's Fields. I think there's enough teams that feel super good about Fields that if he goes to four, the Falcons might get some absurd offers. Like, part of me's like, if someone was going to trade up, they would have already, but the teams might be waiting to see who the Niners pick. Yep. Because if they take Mac Jones and both guys are available, the Falcons are going to get a shitload of calls. Like, Mm -hmm. and if they take... Honestly, even if they take either Lance or Fields, they might get a lot of calls for the other guy. It's true. And I really – so I've told you when I do a mock draft, that's what I'm going to do is I will have Atlanta trading down because to me, <clears throat> where they're at right now with Matt Ryan, yeah, getting Trey Lance would be great and having him sit behind him for a year. But you need so many pieces on the team. I would – if I'm Atlanta – I'm, you know, Denver calls. I'm absolutely trading down with Denver. I can still get someone great at nine. And Denver, I think, really wants to move off lock, let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, so I do think four quarterbacks get taken in a row because I think regardless of if Atlanta is the team to take a quarterback fourth, I think they will trade down if their guy isn't there. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a quarterback just who is taking it. I, I, I'm at the point where, like, I've kind of been, uh, like, back and forth on what I want the Falcons to do. I'm at, I'm at the point now where, and this, this kind of point made the most sense to me, the Falcons, like, aren't going to be in this position often. Like, right. Like, I know they have Matt Ryan, and, like, that's having an established quarterback has been part of it. But they even when they've been, like, bad record-wise, they've not been, like, a trash team. And so, like, the Falcons organization is not going to get a lot of opportunities to make this type of pick very often, so... Well, they have a top four pick in a draft with multiple great, like, greatly projected quarterback prospects. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, like, this chance may not happen again for a long time, and so I'm okay with them taking their guy here, Mm -hmm. because... Even if they sit for a year or two behind Ryan, it's like I would rather them take the... And I know I sort of ragged Green Bay for this, but I think it's different because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers going into last year versus Matt Ryan going into this year is a whole different conversation as far as like career arc-wise. 
um and team wise, the Packers yeah. were one game away from the Super Bowl and only lost to one team, and it happened to be twice, and it was the Niners with that running game, and they didn't do anything to stop it. So they were completely different. I actually yeah. just got heated. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the Packers pisses us off. So God, much, but... the Jordan Love pick is still the worst pick I've ever seen a team do, and yeah. I watched the uh, Jets draft a fullback. So <laughs> it, but... in uh, record tapes, not live. <laughs> So anyway, yes. So I think right. this situation with the Falcons, like, okay, if they take Pitts, I'm not going to be mad. And that's kind of their way of saying, okay, we're all in on this year still. But I'm totally okay with them taking um, Trey Lance or Dustin Fields, whomever it is, because, like, it's it's not – you don't get that chance often. And, like, if we're in yeah. week 12 and the Falcons are bad with Matt Ryan, it's going to be a lot better if you're saying, well – we have this guy here who's going to be our dude next year rather than, oh, man, we're still stuck with Matt Ryan as our guy next year. Like, it's kind of those things where I'm not sure when his cliff is going to hit slash if, like, he's not going to get any better. Like, it's only going to decline from here. It may not be by much each each year, but if, you know, by week 12, if by year two we see, like, a Trey Lance Justin Fields ready to really elevate this team – Yep. then that's, you know, better off. And we've, we're kind of putting these four together because, like, if the Niners don't take Mac Jones, like, it's kind of imposture. I'm really curious where Mac Jones goes. I think he falls. I could be wrong, but... I mean, the... <laughs> I think Fields to the Niners is the play, assuming the Jets take Wilson, which, you know, I would... I actually kind of want Fields, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, I never really get what I want with the Jets, but it's fine. Yeah, because um, like, it's kind of interesting to see, like, like, would the Broncos take Mac Jones at nine? Would like, would yeah. the Patriots finally trade up? Maybe like, it's kind of weird. Like, the yeah. Pats and Lions, I think, have enough connections where like that could be a trade that happens. Mm-hmm. But and it's in a good spot. Yeah, it is jumping Denver to do that. Yeah, because um, you've got because the, the top seven eight is a really good spot to be in. I think because yeah. you've got. One through four quarterbacks, and then like if you go like five, six, seven, you've got, you know, Pitts, Chase, Sewell. Although I mean, the the Sewell conversation could be different, but like you've got Pitts and Chase at least. Like that top six for sure is super good. And so like, I think the Dolphins are just gonna be like happy with whomever at that point. If somehow Pitts and Chase go before them, and they're like, well, they may trade, but I don't know. So as of right now, what I want to happen is I want the Falcons to trade down to uh, just a slightly lower spot and amass picks. What I think will happen is they'll take a quarterback. I, They have an entire new regime there, a new GM. Yeah, that's the coach. big thing. Exactly. And when you do that, a lot of those times, like, they want their guy. They want to, like, have their guy they can tie their job to and be like, oh, well, we didn't do this. We did this. Um, so I, I think it's very likely they take a quarterback. Now, imagine San Francisco shocks the world and takes Trey Lance. Does Atlanta take Fields? I think it's a different situation because I think Lance is in a great situation to sit behind uh, Matt Ryan. I really like Trey Lance after watching him more, by the yeah, way. Yeah, dude. Um, oh, he's great. <laughs> he's, I, my only knock on so Lance good. that I'll just mention now is that I just want him to fix his arm motion a bit because it's a little elongated. But, mm-hmm. you know, having played tennis, which I know is different, it's really easy to do that. That doesn't take that just takes a little bit of practice and but you're not changing the motion a whole lot. You're just shortening little aspects of it and making it quicker, which is 
actually not that difficult to do in terms of changing like your arm motion, gotcha. at least in my opinion. So I think that's something that's easily fixable, and they let him sit behind Ryan for a year. He could be a stud. So that's kind of what I want to happen. But if he does go to San Fran, and they're saying the same thing, and they see that, they have him behind Jimmy G for a while until he gets hurt, and then they put in, um, you know, not to you know jinx it, but that's probably what will happen. Then they put in Lance. I don't know if Atlanta would take fields. I think they could. I think they are more likely to trade down if Lance is taken. And they're just waiting till draft day. They are just waiting till draft yeah. day with all their phones on the hook because there is a good chance they get an offer they can't refuse it for if uh, there's some weird fuckery that happens in the top uh, few picks there that people aren't expecting. Yeah, like I, I would obviously be very happy with either guy. I got, Trey Lance is my preference, but like if either like either of those guys at four is wonderful, and I think the Falcons shouldn't do it like Fontenoy, I think that's his name, the new GM. Like he's pretty much been told it's his pick to make by Arthur Blank. So, yeah. It's yeah, your pick it's, to make, man. Don't mess it up. Yeah. It's, if the Niners take Mac Jones, I'm just going to laugh because – so, okay, this is what I texted you about. So there was there was a time I was at Kroger, and I saw some tortilla chips. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, like me and Emma are going to have some – like Emma and I are going to have some tortilla chips, guac, all this and that. I'm like, okay – like, I'm just going to grab a bag of these, cool. But I looked, I'm like, it was like a buy one, get one free. And I was like, oh, like, I can get more chips. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat more chips, am I? No. So, I, okay, I just get the one bag. And I right. go home, you know, we eat the chips. I use the rest of the chips to get eat the guac that I have left. And the next day, I'm like, I want some chips again. I look in my, like, my pantry, I'm like, oh, no, I'm out of chips. And um, I'm like, I should have done the BOGO. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, why did, why, did I, why did I not just get that free bag of fucking chips? And... <laughs> That's what the Niners are going to do if they take Mac Jones instead of Fields and Lance. Is like, man, like, I got one bag of chips, but, like, I could have had more chips, damn it. Like, I could have had another thing. bag of chips. Like, Mac Jones is good. He's fine. But he's he doesn't have that second bag of chips in him, you know? Like, mm. Lance and Fields, like, have that opportunity to give you that chip BOGO. Like, and you're not going to have that chip FOMO. Like, so. Agreed. Yeah, that's, that's like, what it it's like for me like with the Matt Jones and like it's a bag like everyone knows a bag of tortilla chips like Matt Jones is fine good bag of tortilla chips but like you could have more tortilla chips than just one bag if you take you these other guys two, and so exactly that's that's where it's, it's at for me that's kind of my analogy on Mac Jones versus kind of these other guys which is why I'm kind of hoping the Jets are smoke screening and are actually going to take fields even mm-hmm. though I find it very unlikely just because Zach Wilson, I mentioned it before mechanically, is like one of the best quarterbacks I've seen as a prospect, but I might as well just mention it now. Like his personality and demeanor to me don't fit with the Jets, and Fields does. Fields, apart from the fact that he has insane running capability and and can be a dual threat and therefore makes the offense better, and I like that aspect about him, whereas Wilson is mostly in the pocket. Though he is athletic, he is more of a pocket passer. And Fields is a pocket passer too, but Fields is way more dynamic. Um, The personality just doesn't work. Like, everything I hear about Fields is that he's really humble. He does have a very good work ethic, and whoever spun that story about him was completely Mm -hmm. off base. He's hardworking, and people have looked down on him. And to me, that screams more blue-collar Jets than... This kid whose uncle owns Jet Blue and is sort of a spoiled bratty rich kid. Let's be completely honest. Like that's the take on Zach Wilson right now. And if I'm 
evaluating these guys personality wise to me that's a little important because you're building a team and you need camaraderie and I just don't like you know if you put Zach Wilson in a good situation he can be cocky and people can support that but if you put him in a bad situation with which the Jets are (laughs) he doesn't lift the team up with his arrogance he just makes people hate him that's how that works um Whereas I think Fields, if he was put in a bad situation, could elevate the team, put the team on his back, but still be humble about it and come across as more blue collar like Sam Darnold. So I actually really would prefer Fields to go to the Jets, even though now I know it's not going to happen because the Jets always draft the wrong guy. Um, So I'm prepared for Wilson to go there, but I would personally prefer Fields. And, you know, maybe Zach Wilson's a superstar, and uh, Chris Sims just nailed on the head that he's, like, the next great quarterback. But I don't know. I think he needs to, uh, like, come down to earth a little bit, or he's going to get booed out of New York, and that's not pretty. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how the quarterback rankings have moved around as we've gone through this. <clears throat> yeah. Like, we've both come up on fields. Um, we... We got like a little too excited about Mac Jones, and we both dropped him down. Um, I was kind of. I think we both got excited at, at, like about him as a quarterback, but not in an, like he can't do anything else. Yeah, we just Fields got excited that he was actually like else. good. Like, right? <laughs> we like didn't expect him to be any good. I guess is the thing. And so like our expectations were so low that we were like, oh wait, like he's actually good. He's actually good. Oh shit, he's a good quarterback, but he doesn't have. I think that was my thing, is I was looking at them purely as quarterback evaluations and, like, their mechanics and how they do it. And then as the days passed, I looked at it more from a, but what do they bring to the table? Yeah, And I think that Fields, Lance, and Lawrence bring the most to the table. Yeah, because that was my issue with uh, Wilson. wasn't, like, the ability, mechanic, fundamental. It was kind of some of the decision-making stuff. And that's kind of why he didn't you know, crack on number two for me the way he did initially for you as well. So it's kind of, it's, it's been funny, like watching our back and forth and now having the same top three. I said, I think we have two and three switched. Are you, are you, are you feels number two? Um, I might have to change that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think mechanically Wilson is number two, but as a prospect, I think fields uh, has a little more upside. Yeah. Cause mine is, I guess I'll say officially, Lawrence, Lance, Fields, Wilson, Jones. That's Lawrence, that's my Lance, Fields, Wilson, Jones, Wilson, Jones. Okay, that's my that's my current top five order on the quarterbacks. And so I've got Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, Jones. Gotcha. So so we've got that two through four kind of mixed around a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll go into all of that next week when we do the mock draft preview. Just wanted to give you a little taste because I, some of these have changed pretty. Uh, pretty big for me just in in i don't know some regard <laughs> but yeah man i'm excited for the draft it is a week away a week away a week away <laughs> so a week away. yeah we will be back soon with a uh, draft preview we'll make sure it's up before draft day as well so you can actually get something <laughs> out of it and not just laugh at us in hindsight <laughs> absolutely but thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back soon